of Wednesday. But here you have H's with uh, what they call Visarga H, mm -hmm. Aspiration H, on the second and third lines. But apparently to, to do these verses, you only, anybody know what the rule is? You only pronounce that H, huh, at the end of which lines? Second and fourth, as far as I know. And it really fits with the, you can, I mean, so you, you're doing it right. But does that mean second and fourth together or second and if, if there are those H's on the second and fourth, you pronounce them, but on the first and third lines, you don't, somehow. So, uh, word meanings. Vinyasta. Vinyasta. Having been placed. Having been placed. Charana Ambo Jam. Charana Ambo Jam. Lotus feet. Lotus feet. On the Sadeshe. On the shoulders. On the shoulders. Garut Mataha of Garuda, Drishtva, having seen, K in the air, Abhastitam, standing, Bhakshaha, on his chest, Shriyam, auspicious mark, Kostubha, Kostuba Jim. Kandharam. Kandharam. Neck. <coughs> Translation. Purport by His Divine Grace. Isi Bhaktivedanta Swami. Sri Prabhupada. A golden streak on his chest. The famous Kostuba Jim suspended from his neck. He stood in the air with his lotus feet placed on the shoulders of Garuda. Purport. The descriptions in verses 9 through 11 of the Lord in his transcendental eternal form are understood to be descriptions from the author authoritative Vedic version. These descriptions are certainly not the imagination of Cardinal Muni. Decorations of the Lord are beyond material conception as admitted even by impersonalists like Shankaracharya. Narayan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, has nothing to do with the material creation, Shankaracharya said. The varieties of the transcendental Lord, his body, his form, his dress, his instruction, his words, are not manufactured by the material energy, but are all confirmed in the Vedic literature. By performing performance of yoga, Karma Muni actually saw the Supreme Lord as he is, there was no point in seeing an imagined form of the Lord after practicing yoga for 10,000 years. <laughs> That's Prabhupada. So clever in his logic. The perfection of yoga, therefore, does not terminate in voidness or impersonalism. On the contrary, the perfection of yoga is attained when one actually sees the personality of Godhead in his eternal form. The process of Krishna consciousness is to deliver the form of Krishna directly. The form of Krishna is described in the authoritative Vedic literature, Brahma Sangita. His abode is made of Chintamani stone, and the Lord plays there as a cowherd boy and is served by many thousands of gopis. These descriptions are authoritative, and a Krishna conscious person takes them directly, acts on them, preaches them and practices devotional service as enjoined in the authoritative scriptures. <clears throat> 
I was born in the darkness of ignorance, our spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, is opening my eyes with a short torchlight of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisance unto him and to all members of Sri Prabhupada. Vinyasta Charanam Bodham Ansadeshe Garutmata Vishva Kevastitam Baksha Shriam Kostu Bakandaram A golden streak on his chest, the famous Kostuha gem suspended from his neck, he stood in the air with his lotus feet placed on the shoulder of shoulders of Garuda. So Srila Prabhupada seems to be pointing out in the purport here that it's not a cheap thing to see the Lord or to imagine him or also not to come in, to be able to make statements about spiritual things. It's not a, though many people step forward and do that on their limited knowledge. Srila Prabhupada has told us that 95 or 95, 99% of people are, are on the animal platform, according to Srimad Bhagavatam statements in fifth canto by Rishabhadev uh, to his sons. This verse Yayatma. Yayatma Buddhi Kunapetri Dadake. That one. Swadi Kalachada Shibome Jidi. Yatir to Buddhi Kun. Salile Nakarjit, Karjit, Saiva Gokara. No, some word before that on the third line. Anyway, he says <clears throat> anyone who takes the this material body made of the three elements, bile, bile, air, and what is that? What is the three? Mucus, bile, and air. Is that it? Mucus, bile, and air. Yeah. To be the self. Blood. No, those aren't the three basic elements. Blood is made up of those somehow. <laughs> so air? Yeah, mucus, bile, and air, I think, are the three. Anyone who takes those to be the self, um, the next one is uh, anyone who takes. Anyone who has the understanding uh, that his, what about his, Kalatrati mm -hmm. means the wife and the family and the children. He was over, he says that anyone who's overly attached to the wife, children, family, anyone who takes the country of one's birth to be worshipable, anyone who goes to a holy place just to take a bath and not to hear from them saintly persons who live at the holy place, they are like Gokara. Anybody know what those Gokara are? I know you do. Go means, you know what Go is? Huh? Yeah. Giver of. Yeah, Go means a cow. And in the sense, the Go also means senses sometimes. And Kara means ass. 
asses. So this is where Papa's one of his famous, many famous statements come from, cows and ass, you know. So most of us in this age are on that animal platform, but we're willing to comment in various ways about transcendental matters. It's amazing. I hear people do that all the time and I'm in the gift shop on Saturday. People come in and they've joined some Vedanta society and they've heard lots of things. And one of the things they hear is that, well, actually there's something above the personal conception of God. That's what they say. People are trying to get around the idea of God. They're pushing God more and more out of the picture because Srila Prabhupada said somewhere in a lecture that I heard, to be a Vaishnava, to, to believe in Lord Vishnu, the personal form of, of God, means you have to give up some things. They know that. We all know, you know, you can't approach Vishnu without giving up some of the other things, material things. Can't um, be attached to material enjoyment, which is like, uh, well, it's, it's a sinful life, you know, to try to enjoy material things for my own pleasure. Instead of recognizing that they belong to the Lord, they're, they're to be used for the Lord, to please the Lord. So you can't approach Vishnu in that, that way, so people don't become Vaishnavas in general, and, and especially in this age. Um, so what we see the examples of um, great personalities who have um, not taken it cheaply but have undergone great by great strenuous effort and vows actually seen the Lord I was thinking of Bhishma Dev <coughs> story of Bhishma Dev is there in the Mahabharata um, and he saw there's this beautiful verse at, at the end of his uh Instructions to Maharaj Yudhisthira at the end of the Battle of Kurukshetra, Bhishma Dev was shot full of arrows and he was laying on the ground. He's this great warrior, perhaps one of maybe the greatest warrior of all time. He was even capable of defeating Arjuna. And uh, so he was, he was laying there, he hadn't died yet, and uh, Krishna empowered him to speak to Maharaj Yudhisthira all this wonderful wisdom because Yudhisthira was going to take over the kingdom. And uh, so this was sort of like a, also a gift to Bhishma Dev to empower him in this way to speak. Even in front of Lord Krishna, he didn't want to do that, but he, he spoke. And he also was, during this period of time, which I think went on for three or four days, he was pain-free from all the arrows that were through his body. Um, and then, Bhishma speaks this wonderful verse. He says, or actually, this is the Bhagavatam, it's not Bhishma speaking. I forget, Bhishma spoke also some beautiful verses there. And then it says, that person who spoke on different subjects uh, in hundreds of, what do you say? that person who spoke on many subjects, um, in hundreds of venues, who fought on thousands of battle, battlefields and, and saved thousands of men, stopped speaking. 
And with his mind completely free from material bondage, he focused his wide open eyes on the Supreme Personality of Godhead who stood before him in forearmed form with yellow garments that glittered and shined. So, and if you, you know the history of Bhishma Dev, he's the son of Ganga Devi. He's the son of King Santanu, who was in the Kuru line. Um, and uh, he was, uh, it's said in the Mahabharata that um, King Santanu was out hunting and he, he didn't know his son. Somehow Gangadev took the son away before King Santanu could get to know him. But he was out by, this, by the Ganges one day hunting and he came upon this young boy. And uh, Bhishma was, like I said, he was an unusual person. He, was, he had mystic powers. It said that he was endowed with all Vedic knowledge, complete Vedic knowledge, and he knew the, all the duties of the king as a young boy. He was sitting by the river, and King Santanu saw him, and at first didn't recognize him, but Bhishma Dev, whose name at that time was Devavrata, recognized his father. <clears throat> by mystic power, he, he clouded himself so that his father wouldn't recognize him. But still, the father got this intuition that, I think this is my son. And uh, so Bhishma Dev is described, but later on, his father, Santanu, wanted to, uh, he met this beautiful woman on another one of his hunting ventures. And uh, she was the wife, appeared to be the wife of a fisherman. Wasn't it? Satyavati. Yeah, daughter, daughter of a fisherman. Daughter, oh, daughter of a fisherman. Yeah, not the wife. Okay, right. No, he was going to marry her. He couldn't be the wife. She couldn't be the wife. <laughs> he wanted to marry her. But um, this fisherman had a had his own idea that, yes, you know, many people have come here to marry this girl because she's so beautiful, but I've refused, refused everyone. But I would be glad to accept you if you will promise me that she will be the queen. I mean, that there will be, uh, um, how is it, that her son will become the king. Yeah, he had a, pro her son. a prophecy that his, his grandson would be king, so he wanted to keep Oh, the, the fisherman had a yeah. prophecy. And who was a fisherman? He was not, a, not an ordinary person. Or he was. Obviously not an ordinary person, but I don't remember his name. So, uh, yeah, the fisherman wanted that, that if he, his daughter married, that, that, that she would have children and one of them would become king. Well, somehow it worked out that, uh, well, now how does that go? Santanu well, needed to promise that, huh? <laughs> Let me tell you the story. Um, so then he was dejected because his son Bhishma, you know, was going to be the king. So he left, but he was very dejected and very morose. And his son was like, "What's wrong, Dad?" And he wouldn't tell him. So then he went to the driver and said, "Where did you take my father?" And he said, "I took him to this fisher village." So then Bhishma himself went and talked to him. He said, "My." 
my father is the emperor of the world, how can you refuse? And he said, no, I know he's very worthy, but uh, there's a prophecy, I have to follow this, that my daughter will you know, be the mother of a, of a king. So he said, okay, he said, um, I renounce the throne. And he said, well, that's not really good enough because your sons may um, upstart, you know, take up that and they may fight and kill my son, so I still can't have it. And then that's when he said, okay, you know, I make a vow, I'll never get married. <clears throat> and that's when the uh, demigods came and showered flowers and gave him that name um, of the um, Bishma because it means terrible vow. Yeah, right. <laughs> terrible vow. Especially <clears throat> for who. Yeah. Associated with the royal family living in a palace, and all the beautiful women are attracted to that. You know, when they are there in the royal palace, they have the most beautiful women, probably the Bishman there fell down his vow. So, I mean, I'm saying this because what is what is the position of Bishma compared to what are the what is the position of the average person who's speaking about transcendental things that we see in the gift shop at Govindas? <laughs> Um, so, um, also, Dero Prabhu was speaking about Dhruva Maharaj. In other words, he seems to see the personality of God in but to see his form is not, not a cheap thing, as Mother Sandana said yesterday. These are not cheap, but they can be understood through authoritative sources. Like it says, the Brahma Sangita, the description of the Brahma and the Brahma Sangita, the Lord's form, and things are consistent. You know, like this yellow, yellow silk garments. Keep reading that. You know, Krishna has those yellow silk garments. Um, as far as the Brahma Sangita, we have that, that one prayer that we read, vain, or we say every morning, vain Parantamaravinda Dalayatakshya. That's a description of of Krishna. Anybody know any other ones? I think the Alola Chandrika verse Aluch. Yeah, do you want to say what, what those things describe? I think Alola Chandrika is a hearing. I wish I could be started out. I wish I could go in the kind of the Lord around whose neck is swinging the garland of forest flowers, beautified by blue locket, whose two hands are adorned with the flute and jeweled ornaments, who always reveals the pastimes of love, and with his graceful threefold bending form of Shama Sundar, which is eternally manifest. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, Shama Sundar form is a dark form, three-bending. Who else in the, in the Bhagavatam saw the form of Vishnu? 
Gajendra was the one who saw, and I, and, uh, I was also a situation where he was on Garuda. Rajaitis. Rajaitis? Oh. They described it there. There's a description. Yeah. It's for Is it consistent with what we've heard? <laughs> yeah, sure. 429, yeah. 30 famous verse. Yeah. So these are these things aren't made up, boys and girls. And it's a bad practice to speculate on things which are transcendental, you know, by practice. There's this nice statement that I ran across by this professor who became a, you know, kind of a dear friend of Srila Prabhupada by having interviews, and he wrote a book about the Hare Krishna movement in the early days. I think he wrote a book that was, you know, the, the gist of the book, or the, the focus of it was to figure out why devotees surrender, why they become Hare Krishna devotees. He was a professor named Stilson Jr., professor of divinity or religious studies in Berkeley. And uh, he had one interview with Srila Prabhupada after which he, he, he made some comments. One of them was that he could understand that, that um, only, he said, well, I think I wrote it down here, he says, he says, only through the eyes of faith produced by serious and prolonged spiritual discipline can spiritual philosophy be discerned. And he recognized that I myself am not a person who has undergone this serious and prolonged spiritual discipline. I'm not. So I'm not really qualified to even have a conversation with someone like Srila Prabhupada about spiritual matters. And yet, Srila Prabhupada is so humble that he treated Dr. Judah just like a brother, you know, a dear friend. You know, he, he was very sweet with him, which Prabhupada was. So many times we hear about that. But, uh, so that was a nice recognition, you know, by a basically materialistic person from Kali Yuga who had a, an eye-opening experience and realized that I'm not qualified to speak about, you know, certain things. <clears throat> uh, I was thinking we'd talk about the demoniac qualities <laughs> discussed in the 16th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. And the more you read through these things, the more you see, well, how qualified can we be, the average person in this? And yet, so many people make comments. I wrote down a few things that I took from the verses from the 16th chapter. Those of demoniac nature are lost to themselves. They have no intelligence. Krishna says, they say, no, there is no God in control. There's no cause but lust this material world. Truth is not found in them. Pride, arrogance, and ignorance are their characteristics. They take shelter in insatiable lust. They're absorbed in pride and false prestige, bound by a network of innumerable desires. They are plagued by immeasurable anxiety. anxiety. 
They're bewildered by pride, lust, and anger. And they're envious of God. They do not follow any rules and regulations. Um, thinking, uh, I was reading a purport there because I wrote down the whole world is becoming animals rejecting religion. Must have gotten that out of one of the purports there. And then the divine qualities of which Prabhupada was exhibiting the first one, humility. Those are uh, uh, tried to learn those verses, but I probably couldn't say them fast enough. So let me we can see what the divine qualities are. Hmm. Eight. Wrong chapter. Huh? Thirteen, eight. Thirteen, eight through twelve. Well, I was thinking of 16. Oh, the, the beginning. Oh, but I did start. That was a start with whole humility. Yeah, those are, those are the... Mm, items of knowledge. Items of knowledge. But a lot of yeah. divine qualities. Right. Yeah, you could read either one of those. Chapter 12, text 8. 13. Oh. 13, 18. Okay. <clears throat> Nonviolence, tolerance, simplicity, approaching a bona fide spiritual master, cleanliness, steadiness, self control, renunciation of the objects of sense gratification, absence of false ego, the perception of the evil of birth, death, old age, and disease, detachment, freedom from entanglement with children, wife, home, and the rest, even mindedness amid pleasant and unpleasant events. Constant and unalloyed devotion to me, aspiring to live in a solitary place, detachment from the general mass of people, acceptance of the importance of self-realization, and philosophical search for the absolute truth, all these I declare to be knowledge, and besides this, whatever there may be is ignorance. So we can just just hear those all that list of things and see how unusual those qualities are and what it in this type of environment in this culture which is you know pushing sense gratification all day and all night long at us here look at this what about this maybe you can spend money on this you know who who can develop these qualities which which require discipline prolonged serious spiritual discipline and it's all been made easy. The wonderful thing is it's been made easy for us. We don't have to do anything that's not doable. Krishna's not asking us anything. The Prophet came down to 16 rounds. And I just love what Sri Prophet said in one, one lecture. He was talking to, to the devotees and saying, you know, please take this up seriously. Chant 16 rounds, follow the regular principles. You take Krishna Prasadam and you'll get everything. Prabhupada said, he said it twice, you'll get everything. Like he just roared the second time. So imagine that, imagine what kind of gift that is. You'll get everything. But actually, everything is what we have a right to have anyway. I mean, it's, 
when you can think about it from another point of view, Jivananda says sometimes, no, this is actually us, who we are. It's not something different from us that we're trying to get. And Lord Chaitanya says that also in Chaitanya Chaktamata. That, um, what is that word? I guess I can't think of it, but that uh, Krishna consciousness is already in, in us. It's not something to be gained. Sources, then the result has to come. 
just like this lady. She got a mystic power. She wasn't looking for that, but it, it happens. If you're doing the process properly, it will. So for us, we have this simple recipe, and we just take the recipe and bake the cake, and we'll, we'll eat the cake. You know, don't leave out any ingredients. Sometimes that's another funny thing. Somebody was doing that in the kitchen one day, complaining that you know I, I make this recipe, but it just doesn't turn out the way. Mother Sundamani or somebody does it, you know. Well, what are you doing with it? And so we went through the ingredients, one by one. Oh, well, yeah, I didn't quite do that, you know. I substituted, I didn't have that, so I substituted. Okay, well, you know. Or did you melt the butter instead of, I mean, did you let the butter get softer? Or did you melt it on the stove? That makes, that's important. You know, making cookies, <laughs> for instance. So, yeah, I was telling our new friend Jacob here, I was inspired by him. He's chanting Japa so nicely in the morning. It's inspiring to see that. He sits up straight, you know, and he, he chants like he's serious. And he concentrates. And we're supposed to do this after. I don't, I'm talking to myself because I don't do it all the time. I would like to, but stay here in the temple room after Mangalarti, you know. We're really getting off to a good start if we come to Mangalarti and we do that little program, Tulsi Puja, and sing the prayers, and we hear the purified words of our fearless temple leader and the announcements, and we, we break up and we can go back to our rooms. But actually, if we want to practice yoga seriously, we should stay in here and chant in front of Tulsi Devi. Srila Prabhupada said, well, there's another. There are many little sub-rules or sub-hints about how to increase your spiritual strength. Srila Prabhupada said, you should chant all your rounds in front of Tulsi. And he said, you should not, we should not miss that opportunity to chant in front of Tulsi. The reason I think about this is because Dravida Prabhu is really big on that. And he was just here, so he, he would tell us all that in, in San Diego. And he does that also. So, um, anybody have any comments? 8.51. So we're supposed to break up. I'm supposed to stop at 8.45. Anybody have any comments? Or corrections or questions? I chant in the temple room until it's light enough <laughs> to sing. <laughs> and then I go out. And, uh, there may be many reasons why we don't do what we do, you know, do or don't. But I, but I do, you know, I call it a, a Gita Japa walk. Uh -huh. Sure enough, coming back today, a guy from Petrofiner, you know, a worker. Hmm. It's great, it's easy now. I said, oh, we're having a grand reopening this hmm. weekend. You must come. Oh, yeah, what's that? <laughs> I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh -huh. Well, read all about it. We're giving out gifts, I guess. Oh, yeah, yoga, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Extra. So it's for Babu's. Distributing books before, before uh, reading of the deities. <laughs> well, I don't have any blessings to give to anyone, but um, let me see. Oh, well, anyway, thanks. Yeah, we're all doing the best we can, but we take suggestions whenever we can and act on them because, you know, they may help us if we can do them. Sometimes we try and we go, oh, well, I can't do that. 
but still they're in, in there in our mind somewhere. Oh, you got a question? Yeah. Um, I, I, San Diego that, that there's if you support yourself in any of three places you'll fall asleep if you support your head if you support your back or if you support your elbows you fall asleep so you could chant like this but it's not recommended are you more, more receptive to I'm sorry you're more receptive to or like when people meditate they like put their hands like that to like for concentration hmm. Um, Shin Prabhupada just told us to chant the mantra hear the, and hear, hear the mantra. You know, he didn't tell us too much like that, but it's possible. And there's so many things we don't know that, you know. But uh, sitting up straight, this isn't a Bhagavad Gita, sitting up straight with this, you know, chin and straight line and, you know. Yeah, focusing on the tip of the nose. Yeah, Shin Prabhupada didn't tell us we had to do that. He said, chant. Huh? Arjuna said, I can't do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> For 20 verses, he described the mystic yoga. But definitely, we don't want to fall asleep. So, sitting up straight, like, sitting up. And try not to lean on. Because once you do that, you're headed for sleep, I think. <laughs> I do it because, you know, my back gets tired. I just want to lean on something. Sure enough, sleep. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Jimmy? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like um, <clears throat> if you're trying to like uh, uh, climb a ladder, it wouldn't help if it's all like bent up and crooked, leaning over, and no. you fall down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never thought about a bent ladder, climbing a bent ladder. That's a new one. <laughs> more, more tempted. <laughs> never even saw a bent ladder. I hope I never do. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be tempted to use one. <laughs> okay. Rendra Shuman Bhagavatam Kiki Jai. Where did you get that last year? Yeah, do you think of that? Oh, no, it's not like the book. It's in a 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 book. It's in
God laid out this ladder for him. Yeah, and then the ladder is Sorry to respond to you last night. Well, okay. I was on the phone with uh, 